Oh, my goodness. How you doing on this Saturday morning, July 23rd? We finally got some relief from the heat in the form of precipitation the last couple of days, but it's still toasty out, I'll tell you. Yeah, we're still going to be in the hundreds here in Arkansas, where I'm at. Uh, it looks like for the, uh, at least through next Thursday. The next Thursday, we got some rain, temperatures dropping down into the 90s, finally. But it's been a scorcher. It's been that way all over the place. I uh, have some contacts over in Germany. Uh, they've been having 100 degree plus days. No air conditioning. Usually don't get that hot, but it is what it is, right? This is the FBTV podcast every every Saturday morning. Well, Wednesday as well. Wednesday and Saturday. But Saturday mornings are special because we do the Q&A on Saturday. Q&A is, uh, well, your questions are answers. If you have questions, you can send them in, submit them to us. Uh, email them to fbtv at freightbrokertv.com. We have forms on our websites, Freight Broker TV. And you can even Skype them to us. Uh, just open your Skype app, FBTV. Today's July 23rd, Saturday. Today is <laughs> hot enough for you. <laughs> hot enough for you day. A yada, yada, yada day as well. Remember that from the uh, Seinfeld episode? Yada, yada, yada. And we talked and yada, yada, yada. <laughs> anyway, it's yada, yada, yada day. Real quick, today's impossible question. 80% of kids recognize this logo by age three. What do you think it is? I think this is pretty easy. Pretty pretty easy one to get. So, there it is. Having a birthday today. Happy birthday to you. You're in pretty good company. Arthur Treacher. He was born on this day back in 1894. 1894. He uh, was a real popular English butler in the movies back in the uh, 30s and 40s. But... To be honest with you, I never heard of him until eh, around 77, 78, when I went to work for Arthur Treacher's Fish and Chips. And that's where I heard of the guy. And a matter of fact, Arthur Treacher's used to be a pretty big franchise fast food place back in those days. There may be one left. Seems like I, uh, I did some uh, Google hopping here a while back, and I found one. I want to say it's in Ohio. Maybe real wronger about that, but uh, it was really good fish. Uh, fried the fish in peanut oil. Yeah, it really did good. Really, really. Yeah, it, it was. I enjoyed it. It was. A, it, it, I had worked at a burger joint in the uh, before I went to work at Arthur Treacher's. Man, I just liked the uh, fish business a lot better than I did the uh, burger business. But anyway, Calvin DeForest. He was born on this state back in 1921. You may be going, now, who is Calvin DeForest? And you may be thinking of Bones in Star Trek, but that would be wrong. He was uh, on the uh, late night with David Letterman back in the uh, 80s. Larry Bud Melman, remember him? Yeah, that's Calvin DeForest. Burt Convig, game show host, uh, actor. He was born on this state back in 1933. Woody Harrelson. Woody from Cheers. Uh, born on this date back in 61. Philip Seymour Hoffman, he was born on this date back in 67. And today in history, TV history anyway, back in 1985, on this date back in 1985, after 11 years, the Jeffersons would air for the last time, at least on CBS. 
as a regularly scheduled show. Anyway, now you know. All right, what else we got going on? Oh, Ford plans to... I don't get this at all. <clears throat> well, I do. You know, this is the uh, Biden administration hitting, hitting again. Ford plans to cut 8,000 jobs to help fund their EV investment. Ford Motor Company is preparing to cut as many as 8,000 jobs in the upcoming weeks as the uh, automaker tries to boost profits to fund its push, which, of course, they're being pushed into the EV market. That's according to anonymous sources that are familiar with the plan, so we'll keep an eye on that. Probably going to be popping up on the news here before too long, too. And who knows? It could be one of those things where the corporations speaking out threatening to do something to show how bad the idea is coming from Washington that 8,000 people are going to lose their jobs just to make Washington happy. That with fuel prices and inflation, hopefully, well, it won't go far. Now, here's something that uh, (laughs) I kind of snickered at when I first saw it. Portland, Oregon. City of Portland will soon be seeking public comment on a possible ban on the sale of diesel within the city limits. So if you're a big truck delivering goods to Portland, you better have enough fuel to get out because you're not going to be able to get it while you're there. They got that big truck stop there too, don't they? Isn't it Portland? See, I forget the... Uh, isn't it Sat Brothers or something like that up there? Is it still there? Anyway... The ban would be aimed at curbing diesel usage within the city by electrifying trucks and using more biodiesel and as part of the city's climate emergency work plan. The code change would uh, phase out petroleum diesel sold in the city of Portland over the next several years. That's according to Andrea Jacob, Climate Policy and Program Manager for the Business of Planning and Sustainability. <laughs> like to see that title on a name tag. The plan lays out actions for the city to take over the uh, next few years to prevent the worst-case scenario. Trucking and fuel station representatives say the proposal caught them off guard. They hadn't heard anything about it. First I've heard about it, says uh, Jenna Jarvis, uh, president of the Oregon Trucking Association. I can't imagine my members would be very excited about that idea. (laughs) Jarvis, who also chairs the Portland Bureau of Transportation's Freight Mobility Committee, says that uh, there's been no discussion in the of the idea within the committee either. The diesel ban, uh, the diesel ban rather, will go out to public comment or for public comment, I should say, by the end of August. That's according to uh, Willamette Week. All right, what else is going on? J.B. Hunt. J.B. Hunt has a new president. They appointed their new president this past Wednesday. Shelley Simpson, 28-year vet of the company and current vice president and chief commercial officer, going to step into the role of president August the 1st. She will be overseeing trucking, intermodal, HR, and technology initiatives. So now you know. Now you know. Okay. Q&A day. 
Q&A day is uh, every Saturday. Like I said earlier, we get every Saturday FBTV podcast Q&A day. Your questions, our answers. Our answers, well, that's coming from me. I'm My name is Mike, obviously. If first time you've tuned into the podcast, my name is Mike. And the Q&A is where we get together and answer your questions. Again, if you want to send in your questions, uh, you can email them to me, fbtv at freightbrokertv.com. We have contact forms on our website. That would be freightbrokertv.com. You could even Skype us. Just open your Skype app and uh, do a search for FBTV. You'll find us. Just look for the logo. And we will answer your questions every, well, when they come up Saturday morning. All right. Earl. Earl writes in, I'm a new broker, and I see a lot of trucks that have posted on the load board stating that they are willing to go anywhere. I usually don't call these trucks. Should I be calling them? Well, that's up to you, but our, our recommendation or my recommendation when I'm working with a client or training someone, absolutely call the uh, Anywhere Trucks. Now, that's my personality. Now, don't expect your your uh, close ratio when you're calling an Anywhere Truck to be great. If you get one out of 100, you're probably doing pretty good. Okay. <clears throat> but with my personality, the way I'm made up, if I don't call an Anywhere Truck, I'll be, it'll, be, it'll bug me all day. I'll be sitting there thinking, this would have been the day that I should have called an Anywhere Truck. This would have been the day that an Anywhere Truck would have said, yeah, we'll do it. Now, you may be saying, why do I even bother? Well, simply this. Okay, first of all, as a broker, as a broker, when I'm looking or using the load board to help me find trucks, I'm going to have a, an order that I'm going to go through. Uh, the first thing I'm going to do is call all the trucks that have a destination posted that is pretty much specific to my load. Okay, uh, once I call all those trucks, in other words, if my load's going to Dallas, I'm looking for trucking companies that have a, that has a truck posted with a destination of Dallas. Okay. Now, after I go through all those trucks, I will go back up to the top and start calling all the trucks that might have a destination of anywhere in that state. And since we're using Dallas, let's say Texas. Now, after I've done that, I'll go back through to the top again, and this time I'm going to expand my radius a little bit further. To do that, you're going to have to, you know, get the zone map if you're using a DAT area map, if you're using uh, the uh, truck stop. I guess they call it area map. The, the, the way they've split up the country, it's the same sections. Uh, a DAT, if you look, it's like if you find the map and it's on their website, uh, it'll have a map of the United States, and uh, it's called the zone map. And you'll see where the country's been split up into sections, or zones, as DAT calls it. And each one of those zones will have a number, or a letter, followed by a number like Z1, Z2, Z3, so on and so forth. Now, if you're doing uh, your loads going to Dallas, uh, that would be Z7. 
So I'm going to be looking for trucks that would have Z7 posted as a destination. That would tell me they're interested in going to Z7, Texas anyway. Once I've called those trucks, I am pretty much going to back out, go back to the top again. And now I will draw an imaginary line pretty much from uh, Canadian border down right through the heart of Texas to the Gulf of Mexico. Say the load's coming out of Atlanta, so I'm looking for a truck that's, uh, you know, uh, my load's going from Atlanta to Dallas. So I've called all the trucks that uh, had Dallas posted as a destination. I've expanded my radius, called all the trucks that had anywhere in Texas posted as a destination. Uh, not anywhere to be confused with uh, what Earl's asking here about anywhere, but, uh, you know, they may have Houston or or Austin or something like that posted, not necessarily Dallas. I've called all the Z7 trucks. Now what I'm looking for is a truck that has a destination that would require them to go past or across that imaginary line. In other words, they're going west. They may be wanting to go to Arizona, California, Oregon, Washington, whatever. Understand that truck that is posted wanting to go west of my load, they're sitting there in Atlanta or wherever they may be, empty. Maybe in a truck stop. Maybe sitting where they just unloaded, but they're sitting. A truck that is just sitting is costing somebody money. A truck doesn't, doesn't just sit in neutral. Uh, you know, no money coming in, no money going out. The meter on a truck is always running. <clears throat> we'd want to call those trucks because our load going to Texas, even though they may be wanting to go to California, our load going to Texas would get that truck loaded, making money, and moving in the direction they want to go. That would also give the trucking company a couple extra days to be able to find a load out of Texas to get them the rest of the way to the destination that they wish to uh, be at. Get the idea where they wish to go. Now, the final trucks I will call from the load board after I've exhausted everything else will be the trucks that has anywhere posted as a destination. A truck that posts anywhere as a destination, what they're trying to tell you is that, hey, they're willing to go anywhere. And they may be, but uh, as a broker, it's been my experience, they're willing to go anywhere if you pay them enough money. And then sometimes... They won't even go there. Basically, what I see, whenever a truck posts anywhere as a destination, that's telling me that that truck really doesn't have anywhere to go. Because if they did, they would have that destination posted. In other words, there's a pretty good chance they don't have their own customers. They're using a broker as a dispatcher. See what I mean? That's why they're always trying to get top dollar on everything. They're not looking for a backhaul. You know, you, if you're one of my clients, you've heard me say this. You know, the, a freight broker is the most misused tool in transportation. We are here. Our sole purpose is to assist trucks uh, to load their truck to get that truck to a destination they need that truck to to be. See what I mean? But, you know, hey, if a trucking company wants to use us as a dispatcher, that's up to them, but they shouldn't be. So 
I, I don't put a lot of stock in anywhere as a destination. I will call them only, like I said a moment ago, only because if I don't call them, it will bug me. <laughs> you know, this would have been the day that uh, an anywhere truck would have took my load. But a good question. or I'll be, Yeah, call them. That's up to you, though. <clears throat> Okay, Don writes, and assuming we all provide the same good service, eh, we'll come back to that in a minute, in this industry, making tons of phone calls, are we just getting lucky to find a shipper? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Okay, let's talk about good service. No, we do not all provide good service. That's why, as a freight broker, there are just as many new people coming in as going out every day. And the people going out, they're just not... They're just not doing what they should be doing. Good service is part of that. You've got to build a relationship as a broker, and you've got to give good customer service. The customer service is what's going to separate you from all the other brokers. Now, tons of calls. Absolutely, you've got to make tons of calls. It don't matter what business you're in. It does not matter what business. You've got, you've got to make sales. And the only way to make sales in this business is to make sales calls to potential customers. You know, a lot of people feel like, okay, I want to make a sales call, and I want that customer to start giving me loads right now, immediately. And, you know, I want that, uh, you know, I, I want to be in the, I want to be in the uh, riches overnight. That is, it's not going to happen that way. You've got, it's a process. Bottom line, it's a process. You've got to get a customer first thing. One customer is not going to do it. You've got to have a lot of customers because every customer, their, their freight volume is going to be different. This customer, they may have a couple of loads a week. This customer may have 10 loads a day. This customer may have hundreds of loads a month. Everybody's going to be different. The more customers you have, the more loads you're going to have available to you. The more loads you have available to you, that's that's what's going to help you get to the point where you're able to focus on what's going to be making you money. Luck has not a lot to do with it, and here's why. Somebody told me a long time ago. They said, you know, the harder I work, it's funny, the luckier I get. So, you call it lucky, but it's not lucky. You've made those telephone calls. You made those sales calls. You've made the contacts. You put forth the effort. You may not see the reward for weeks or months down the road, but if you're doing everything right, you will eventually start seeing the reward. And the rewards in this industry can be spectacular. There are freight broker agents out there that are earning six-digit incomes. I'm talking agents. Okay, and they all, they, every one of these brokers or agents that started or that are doing six-digit incomes, they all started at the same place, zero. They they had to start. They had to take that first step. You know what what was what's the old Chinese proverb? Whatever, you know, a, a, a trip of a thousand miles starts with the first step. You know, same thing here. You start building the customer base. You, you build the customer base by making sales calls. Once The sales call should be to get you in the door. 
That's all you're wanting to do. Get in the door. Now think about it. Getting in the door should not be that difficult. Why? Simply because your service is free to use. That doesn't mean that you're not making money as a broker. It means that you're not going into a potential customer saying, hey, for $1,000 a year, for $100 a month, I'll, I'll help you get trucks. Not saying that at all. Okay. Uh, you're going in saying, oh, you know, expecting, you know, all they have to do is say yes, you know, help me get trucks, and you're in the door. You're making your money from what the customer's already paying to move the load. See what I mean? So, once you're in the door, that's when you start with the building that relationship building the customer service. It doesn't happen overnight. It takes it takes time. It, it could take weeks. It could take months. But eventually, if you're doing everything right, you're following up. You're proving to that customer that your head is in the game. They can trust you. They know that you're looking out for their best interest. They're going to start using you more and more and more. You see what I mean? It takes time to build that kind of relationship. I know everybody, the, uh, what do they call this, you know, uh, the immediate gratification world we live in now. It's If you're looking for immediate gratification, uh, freight brokering is not the business to get into. Freight brokering is old school. You build it. You build it from the ground up. It takes time. But the rewards are astronomical or can be better that way. Don, I'm a, you know, you, if you're, you're it sounds kind of like you're kind of getting burnt out. I, I'd recommend calling me, if you wish, uh, checking out our website. There may be something there that can help you get you back on track a little bit. Uh, Tautoa, I'm the lead consultant at Tautoa. If you didn't already know that, uh, we, we, uh, we consult freight brokers. Uh, we provide in-depth training for freight brokers, freight broker agents, even trucking companies. Uh, we have all kinds of packages available. If you're wanting to start into the industry as an agent, you can do that uh, because once you complete your uh, essential training uh, through one of our packages, you're able to enter our mentorship program almost immediately. Uh, it's just paperwork to do. you got to go through orientation, but uh, it takes a couple of days. But once you've completed all that, you can begin your broker operation in our mentorship program as a freight broker agent. A freight broker agent in the mentorship program, yes, you can make money. No ands, ifs, or buts about it. Okay. Uh, uh, standard commission, just like uh, in the industry, 60% of profit on the load. Uh, if you had a uh, load moving from point A to point B, the load was paying $2,000, and you had a truck to move the load for $1,500, there would be a $500 net or profit on that load. If that was your load, you'd make 60% of that $500. So your commission on that load would be 300 But as uh, you've probably heard in the past, you know, the, the focus of the mentorship program is not for you to get out there and start making money. It's nice when you do. Don't misunderstand. But the mentorship program allows you to begin your broker operation so you can begin building that customer base. So you can begin getting the real life experience. Understand, you have to have a license to work under, be it as an agent or if you're it's your brokerage. Uh, you're going to have to have a, a license to be able to work under to be legal. It's illegal to solicit freight unless you are an agent for a licensed broker or a licensed broker yourself, if we're talking about brokering. Don, uh, look us over, Taltoa.com. If you have any questions, feel free to call me, 479 668 Zero eight three eight.
All right, next up, Jeff. This is going to be good. <laughs> I saw this uh, before we started the podcast, and I thought, well, this is different. Uh, I've been uh, OTR for three years. I was a dispatcher before that for six years. It's not very often that you hear a dispatcher become a driver. Usually a driver becomes a dispatcher. But anyway, I bet it was a rude awakening, wasn't it, Jeff? You know, coming out of that dispatcher chair, getting in a truck, then, you know, finding out, well, no wonder the drivers didn't care for me too much. <laughs> no, I shouldn't be that way. All right, Jeff says, I'm tired of the road and want to become a freight broker. My boss is willing to help. My question is, can you tell me how I could get my license and get in the industry? Yes, absolutely. Uh, first things first, what I recommend to everybody is go to the, uh, you're going to have to get a property broker surety bond, a $75,000 bond. And you're going to pay for that just like any insurance. It's going to be an annual premium. So what you want to do is find out how much that bond is going to cost you. Okay. Uh, our recommendation, we'll, we'll point you toward JW Surety Bonds, and you'll find their uh, website at jwsuretybonds.com. If not, do a search on Google. Anyway, on the uh, main page of their website, there's a form there that you can uh, request a quote. You want the BM, uh, BMC84, I believe that's what it is, bond. There's a drop-down menu there. Fill out the information, submit it. Uh, in a few hours, maybe a couple of days, uh, you're, you're going to get a quote back. Now you're going to be able to decide, okay, do I want to start my own brokerage? Because you're going to have an idea of what that bond's going to cost you. Uh, the bonds can vary anywhere from around $1,000 a year, and I've seen them up as high as six dollars or $7,000 a year. You see what I mean? So, you know, keep that in mind. Uh, that, can, that, can, that can influence you one way or the other. All right. Now, once you've decided... You are ready to go, and you want to start your own brokerage. You know, maybe the bond's affordable. You're okay with that. Now it's time uh, you, you want to incorporate LLC for whatever your home state is. That can vary in prices. I know in Arkansas, I think it cost what? Uh, $50, $150? I don't remember now, but... Uh, it's not that expensive. I've seen some states it's been really high, like in California, it's 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 kind of expensive, but uh, generally not that bad, you know. LLC. Now, before you do an LLC or anything, talk to your tax person. Okay, talk to your tax preparer. And let them recommend. You know, you don't necessarily need to go out here and get a lawyer for this, but uh, talk to your tax person because you're going to want to be set up to where you, well, you're going to be self-employed. It doesn't matter if you're a broker, freight broker brokerage company or an agency uh, it's still a pretty good idea to talk to your tax preparer now so they're probably going to tell you okay start the LLC you're going to get an EIN number once all that goes through now you can uh, go ahead and apply for your authority uh, the bonds there okay we're not going to pay for the bond yet but you know it's available to you. You know it's good to go because you got a quote. Those quotes for those bonds are generally going to be good for uh, 60 days. Most companies could be longer. But 60, you, you're pretty much safe. 
Now, <clears throat> something else about the bond, when they go to check out your bond, they're going to do a soft pull on your credit, so it's not going to show up. It's not going to be a hit on your credit you know, score or anything like that, but they will do a soft pull. All right, so you, you've got the corporation, you've got your EIN, now it's time to go file the paperwork. You can do it on your own. It's uh, FMCSA website. I don't recommend it because the reason I don't recommend it is, yeah, you can save a couple hundred bucks, and I know a couple of hundreds, a couple of hundred. But uh, if you do something wrong, if you don't fill it out correctly, it could come back and cost you more money or delay the whole process. My recommendation is always, you know, uh, use an agent to uh, do that for you. You see what I mean? Let them uh, fill out all the paperwork so that way you know it's correct. No worries there. Now, uh, within just a few hours of uh, having your agent file the paperwork, you're going to get a notification back from that agent, and they're going to have your MC number and DOT number and all this other stuff. All right, now you can go back to the bonding company, and you can enter your DOT number and all that specific information. You know, and then go ahead and uh, pay for the bond right then. Now, what the bonding company will do, now that they have your MC number, they will attach that bond to your broker uh, license application. See what I mean? It takes three weeks, 21 days, you know, before you get notified that it's been issued. And figure about another four or five days to get the actual license in your hand. Uh, the license authority, whatever you want to call it, uh, the document. Now, during that period, you're going to be bombarded with emails and s letters and snail mail and everything else from everybody under the sun trying to sell you something. You know, ignore it. Uh, my recommendation, if it's something that you're not sure about, contact the uh, agent that filed the authority for you. They're going to tell you if you need it or not. Generally, you won't. Okay, but uh, when you when you file for the authority, what you're, they're they're going to file uh, the license application, BOC3, and your UCR, all that's going to be included in that one payment. Okay. You're going to get uh, email, too, saying, hey, for $75, we can expedite the process of getting the authority in hand or, you know, whatever fee they want to charge. Just wait. You know, you're going to have a lot to do in 21 days, believe me, you know, uh, well, 21, 26 days for the applications in hand. So give yourself time. Give yourself time. Now, with all that said, let me back up a minute. You wanted to know how to get your license. My recommendation is start out as an agent. The, I, my recommendation to everyone is start out as a freight broker agent. The reason is, man, if you start out as a freight broker, yeah, you just got out of the truck. Yeah, you've been dispatching six years before that. But, you know, there's a you're you're taking all the the weight of the world on your shoulder. You are now the company. If something goes wrong, it's on you. Okay, uh, my recommendation is get some experience. You can get experience as a freight broker agent. A freight broker agent is doing the same thing as a freight broker. You're just not carrying the full load, the liability. You're not having to worry about the administrative. You're not having to worry about. Uh, paying the carrier, billing the shipper, you see what I mean? You can focus on building the customer base. You can focus on building your brokerage. And three, six months from now, you know, when you're ready, you've got you've got the experience, you've got a customer base, you know, you got a, a, a income-producing business now. Yeah, yeah, step out, get your own authority. Your customer base is going to follow you. See what I mean? 
All right. Hope that helps you out. Jeff, if you have any questions, check out our website, tatawa.com. If you have any questions about any of the packages we have, feel free to call me, 479-668-0838. All right. Back going to wrap it up for today, Saturday morning Q&A, FBTV podcast, before we get out of here. Uh, today's impossible question. 80% of kids recognize this logo by the age of three. How many of you said Fisher Price? <laughs> no. Mickey D's, McDonald's. That's kind of scary, isn't it? All right. It's the weekend. It's going to be hot. It's going to be hot here anyway all week. Looks like Thursday it might cool down into the 90s finally. But go have a great weekend unless, of course, you've made other plans. And we will talk soon. See you later. (laughs) Thank you.